Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Six Seed Podcast. Um, we are super excited to be back today because we have our very own Adriana Perez. She was one of our co-hosts of the Six Seed, and now she has been named as the editor in chief of the Observer. Um, so I am Lala. I'm Bridget. I'm Juliana. And I am Adri or Adriana, um, the new editor in chief of the Observer. Nice to see you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> We're so happy to have you. So being that you are now um, the editor-in-chief of The Observer, um, we want to know like how you even got involved with that. So I actually got a little bit involved uh, sophomore year, like first semester sophomore year. Um, I, so like the art that there's like a project that the observer has, it's relatively new and it's called from the archives. Um, so it's a research project kind of like every week we put out, um, like, um, like a special edition that we just, you know, think about what's happening like on campus and in the country and in the world right now. And we dive into our, observer archives um, and think about like moments in observer or that the observer recorded um, in history um, that kind of are relevant to now um, and kind of analyze that. Um, so the guy who was a uh, leader of the project then, he, he came to um, one of my journalism classes that I shared with Juliana and he invited, you know, anyone who wanted to join to join um, and to be fair, I always was very intimidated by like observer, like student journalists, because they were like, they do so much. They're so cool. Um, and I never really, I've, I was always a little bit shyer. Uh, I've always been a little bit shy, but I was shyer back then. So I was like, well, this is a good way to like, kind of get my feet wet. Um, that was great. And I thought it was so fun. Um, I think the first day I went, it was right before Thanksgiving break. Um, and we did like this ad mania edition, which we like looked for like weird ads that were run at the Observer. Um, and that was really fun. So I really liked it. And I was like, oh, I want to come back like after break. So then fall, no, then spring semester sophomore year, which was um, last year, like a year ago, um, in like January 2020, um, I kept doing the From the Archives, but I... I was hanging out with Juliana one night. We went bowling um, and then we were in her room and she was telling me about, you know, um, how she and Ashton, I think Jackie and Bridget wanted to like re revitalize the podcast um, because it looked very different before it became the succeed. Mm -hmm. um, so and we were just talking and Juliana was like telling me like these were the problems or the issues we had like when it was not the succeed the podcast and and we want to like fix that and and this is like these are the ideas that we have and we're just like like bouncing ideas off of each other um and i i don't know i just got very into the conversation i was so excited about these ideas that she was like sharing with me and she just like juliana i think you were just like do you want to be involved or something i'm like i guess but i thought i would have to apply or something um Little do you know how we do things are <laughs> right. <laughs> We're very egalitarian production. <laughs> because I remember after the first meet, I would I was gonna go to the first meeting, 
Um, and I thought it was just so I could like get to know you guys and see if you guys like wanted me on the team. Um, and I ended up not going, not showing up that day because turns out I had a concussion. Like if you go back and listen to that first episode, I think Juliana says oh, that I, think I was- I you concussed. mentioned this before, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I had the concussion I just didn't know it and then like it was a few like weeks into the school year and you know I couldn't concentrate like my my head would hurt every day so I went to St. Liam's and they were like yeah you have a concussion so I had to rest but um I guess I heard the first episode and in the first episode you know they were like oh and then Adrian is gonna be our co- like co-host as well and I was <laughs> like well I guess I'm on the boat now <laughs> like I guess I'm I'm involved um which was great. I wasn't, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I was that as like as assertive as I could have been um, my first few years here at Notre Dame, just because, you know, I was studying abroad, like everything was so new. Um, again, and I was shy. Um, not that I'm not shy anymore, but I feel like, I don't know, I, just being at the Observer has helped me like come out of that shell a little bit. So that's most of what I did that year. And uh, um, you know, COVID happened, so of course it was hard, harder to get involved in any other capacity. I did write a couple of news articles before spring break, but then, you know, it was hard to like even, sh- I, I didn't know about the meetings and how they were doing that. So I didn't write in, like any more news or anything. Um, and then over the summer, I, my study abroad program for um, last fall was canceled. I was supposed to go to Denmark. Um, and, uh, you know, it was canceled and, and I was like, well, I guess, I guess this is an opportunity to like get more involved at the paper because I, I had, I was conveniently using the excuse of I'm going abroad to not go out of my comfort zone and get more involved, you know, even if it scared me. Um, so I was like, well, I guess I have no excuse now uh, and I have to get more involved. So I decided, I gave myself a challenge to um try to write at least one news stories one news story every week um I also was thinking of applying for like an internship for the summer so I realized I need to get clips I need to get like you know samples of my writing for my portfolio so that was kind of like the purpose of that as well um and I also for some reason I was like you know what I also want to join the social media team like try it out um I think a lot of so my- dynamic <laughs> <laughs> oh, this well, is so admirable. There's so many. That's good, though. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, well, to be fair, I, I kind of dug a hole for myself, too, because I, after that, I was like, well, I feel like I'm spreading myself too thin. Um, but everyone from every department, like, understood my, res- like, you know, my commitments and everything, and they respected that, and they helped me with that. So that was really nice. Um, but I guess it was a lot of my journey of the observer has also been just figuring out like what I want to do with my life as a journalist, you know, mm-hmm. um, what kind of journalism I like, if I like journalism at all, which I, I do, um, and I do hope to be a journalist, you know, but it's still a discovery process. So, um, so that's why I joined the social media team. I'm like, I was a Twitter manager last semester, a news writer. And of course I was co-hosting the podcast. And so last semester was a lot, but I also felt like I needed that to, to, you know, I don't know, it was such a hard semester and I felt like I needed something else to anchor me to reality, if that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, then I'm here now. I mean, I'm not doing any of these things anymore. I'm not managing social or writing news right now just because I've been like training 
Um, and I just started this week um, as editor-in-chief, but yeah, that's my journey with The Observer. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I feel like kind of maybe without you even knowing, doing all those things, kind of dipping your toe in the, the social media, the news, the podcast and everything probably prepared you so well for now being editor-in-chief that you've had experience in all those different areas. So that's really cool. Yeah, I feel like it, it, I do feel a little bit prepared to like understand how each the department, not all of them, because obviously like I'm not a sports person. So like <laughs> I have to still learn a lot about that. Same for scene, um, same for like the graphics department. Um, but I do feel like I have some down understanding of how the like departments interact and whatnot. And obviously I, if life had, if life was perfect and I hadn't been, hadn't been as shy my freshman, like my first year here at Notre Dame, and I had been more assertive, I would have gotten involved a lot earlier. I would have loved that. You know, looking back, I'm like sad that I didn't do that. And um, I, I could have had maybe more experience. Um, I don't know, editing for news or, or you know, taking a, a position like that before just making this big, big jump <laughs> into an editorial, like a top editorial position. But um yeah so you're talking about like how it was a hard transition to college and being shy do you think part of that for those of you who don't know Adri is a dual citizen but you grew up in Ecuador are do you think part of that was like any major cultural differences between the U.S. and Ecuador or going to a school in a new country That's a great question. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because I feel like I've always been very much in touch with like U.S. culture and I kind of knew what I was coming to. Like I, I was able to visit. Notre Dame has this program where they invite um, a lot of their international students um, after they've been accepted so that you can get to know the school. Um, so that was really nice. I got to come here and stay in a dorm and everything. Um, so I don't think it's that really. It's just that even just back in high school, I don't think I ever had this extra, like these extracurricular opportunities to get involved in something that I thought I wanted to do afterward. So, I mean, definitely, I think definitely it was the observer has helped me, you know, like reaching out to people for interviews and, and talking to strangers on the phone on Zooms like that, that is very anxiety inducing like that. It makes me really nervous, but being able to get through that, it, it has helped me a lot in terms of, you know, feeling um, more confident in my skills and, and, and I can do this, you know, it doesn't feel as, as, um, you know, so my roommate was just showing me a meme that was basically like, it basically said that I have a phone call in a day and I just like plan my whole day around that phone call. And I feel like sometimes I still do that just because of how like terrifying it is for me to like talk to someone I don't know. Um, but I definitely think the observer has helped me in those in that regard, you know, again, building my confidence, like helping me get out of my shell. Um, I think it's more just a like a personality thing that I've it's still hard like I'm still a little bit shy especially with people that I don't know a lot um but I don't think it, I don't know if it was a cultural thing I I guess I was just kind of I I've always I've never traveled so I've only lived in the U.S. and I've never really left the country so like can you tell the difference I guess was kind of my question just 
does it feel different in the, I don't know if that's a stupid question, but just like culturally, is there a big difference between Ecuador and the US? In terms of like, yeah, I, I, culture? I don't even know because I've never traveled. I don't know <laughs> what to ask. I guess, yeah, I guess just maybe we could ask kind of what brought you to Notre Dame. I'm always interested with international students, how they ended up, you know, in mm-hmm. middle America and Indiana and Notre <laughs> Dame. And what would have been, what would have been the differences if you had stayed in Ecuador to go to school versus mm-hmm. here and kind of what drew you to, to come here? That's a great question. And I, I, and I was thinking of going that way uh, to answer Juliana. Um, college back home is different. It's a whole different experience to be fair, because if, if you're there, you probably stay. My city is the biggest city in Ecuador. Um, you might go to like to university in, in Quito, which is the capital, but even then it's like a 40, 30 minute flight, you know, I guess the drive is a lot longer because you have to go through the Andes. So it's a lot of like swiveling around, you know, mountains and whatnot, but um, you're still in the country. So usually you just like stay like in the city, like in Guayaquil where where I'm from. Um, And you might live with your parents, for example. Um, That's very common. Um, And it's not like a, like a residential type thing you know what I mean like here we live where we study we live on campus back home is just you go to school during the day and then you go back home um so I guess in that sense I've been blessed to be able to come here I think this is what I needed personally to be able to grow more in my independence um and so I've been blessed to have the opportunity, you know, to, to, to be able to come here and kind of, again, go out of my shell a little bit, feel more confident in, you know, me taking myself through my life and not, you know, holding someone's hand all the time, which is what would have been easier for me to, to do if I just stay back home personally, um, just because of, again, I'm a little bit shy and, and I'm an introvert. So I'd rather stay home sometimes and whatnot, but, um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question at all, but. Yeah, how did you, how did you find Notre Dame too? And I know something I learned about you last year is that you're a triplet. Oh, yeah. I, I think one of your siblings is here as well, right? And then the yeah. triplet is also in the U.S. in school. Yeah, so um, my dad went to school here in the U.S., um, he went to Syracuse first for like marine biology question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, no, actually he was, he was in Syracuse and they didn't have marine biology. So he transferred to Texas A&M. Um, so he had that familiarity with like the U S like university system. Also, I'm a, also very close with, um, my mom side of the family and two of my cousins on, on my mom's side of the family, um, came to school here in the U.S. too. One of them went to Penn State, the other one to um, Loyola in Chicago. Um, so obviously I was like kind of partial to those schools, but I don't know why I didn't, I don't think I ended up applying to any, any of them really. Um, to be fair, so I started off as a psych major here. Um, I wanted to study psychology or so I thought because I honestly couldn't think of anything else to study. Um, and when I was looking for schools, you know, like a simple like Google search, um, 
I for some reason nerding came up a lot too um I guess just in the sense that it's like a liberal like it, it also has like a liberal arts college and and, right. and all of that you know so it, it does give you a lot of like chance to discover what you want to study in the humanities um and I remember just like after like learning a little bit about nerding every other school that I would find I would just start comparing it um you know I'm, I'm Catholic and um, that was a very important part of my like upbringing. Um, I, I went to Catholic school back home. Um, so, and also the community here, like the sense of, of you know, belonging somewhere that I, that I thought Notre Dame could give me that maybe other universities couldn't. Um, I thought that was really important to me in my decision to, to come to school. So I think I honestly based my decision more on that than on you know, oh, I want to study psychology, so I'm going to go to this school, right. if that makes any sense, but, um, and my brother, well, my brother kind of was in the same boat, I think, the one who goes here, um, one of my triplets, um, he also started off as, as a psych major, and I think we're very, very similar, actually, so I think that's kind of what we, why we ended up in the same place, and it's not, that's not to say we're not very similar um, personality or wise than than to our other brother but my other brother he knew he wanted to study journalism like like right off the bat um and this is not a like a like a you don't have like a journalism college um you know what I mean it's it's not a big journalism school like maybe Northwestern is or uh, Syracuse or Emerson College I'm just listing off the ones that he I know he applied to Mm -hmm. um UT Austin and he ended up going to UT Austin which is it's, it's great um uh, so that's where he ended up. And I mean, I'm honestly glad I kind of ended up coming here too, because it was sort of unconventional. And if I was, if I knew right off the bat that I wanted to study, like to do journalism, maybe I wouldn't have come here. But once I was here and I applied to a minor, I think it's just the perfect program for me, you know? Um, and I, I'm talking about the journalism ethics and democracy minor, um, Julianis in it with me too but it's a great program and it's like small and it's very like the community's tight knit and you have all these amazing opportunities because it's a minor you know and again if I thought I wanted to major in journalism I probably wouldn't have come here because you can't major in journalism here um but just the way I got here and like the program I'm in right now I think it'll work out really really well if I if I do say so myself everything you um, have been saying has been so inspirational. And I was wondering, um, like, while I was listening to you, um, like, answer the questions, you had a lot of the common themes surrounding, like, identity and, like, belonging. And um, it really hit home when you were saying, like, you need to, you wanted to, like, be able to have a source of, like, independence, instead of, like, always holding, you know, someone's hand. Um, And, I related to that because I am from South Bend. So I was wondering, I guess to wrap it up in a bigger question, any advice to younger students about, um, I guess, branching out on campus and really deciding like what they want to do? That's a really great question. Um, I don't know if I'm the, the right person to, to, to give advice. I think, okay, I will start saying, um, I do, Okay, I, I know I said I look back and I wish I'd gotten more involved in the first place, but I also don't, I don't think you should look back with regret at the decisions you made before in terms of, you know, 
took psychology classes the first couple semesters I was here. Um, I took a couple of many classes for many other majors because I was so confused. Um, I took for like peace studies classes. I took um, well, psych classes. I took a couple of political science classes, global affairs classes. That's how I ended up being political science. That's my current major. So I, I would say start off by not thinking that you're going to look back in and um, regret anything. I think whatever you're in right now in life, it's where it might, it sounds so, it's so cheesy, even trite, but it honestly might be the place you need to be to get to where you're supposed to be, you know? Um, even, I mean, even if you're, if you're supposed to transfer somewhere else, you, you, you probably wouldn't get, have gotten to that place if you haven't come to Nerdy first, for instance. That's just an ex a very extreme example, but I would begin with that. And then I also think just taking time, like giving yourself time and not rushing things. Of course, I know it's harder if like you think you might want to go to med school. I know that you don't have, you probably feel like you don't have a lot of time to make those decisions because you do have to take certain classes um, in order and whatnot. But I don't know. I, I think it, I think having compassion with myself in terms of, you know, I have to give myself time to figure it out because I, I can't make, I can't, and, 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 and allow yourself that the, the, like the mercy to change your mind, you know, as you go. I mean, I've changed my mind in so many times. I, I, I was involved in other stuff before I got involved at the observer. And I, I, again, looking back, I think if I hadn't gotten involved in, in these other things, uh, the beginning that were not the observer, I wouldn't have realized that hmm, maybe that's not my thing. Maybe I want to get involved with the observer. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it's important to give yourself the time to figure out like how you want to get and get involved on campus and and find out your like your 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 niche. You know, um, and I, and it's something. It's hard because sometimes here on campus, it can feel like everyone already has like their group, like right after the first week of classes, you know, or like right after Domer Fest, for example, um, everyone already has like their best friends and whatever. So I think just, just thinking, hey, not, first of all, not everyone's like journey is the same. So it's fine if I just find my friends like sophomore year, junior year, like that's okay, you know, uh, don't rush things and, and don't, com don't compare your growth journey to others because I think that's really hard not to do here at Notre Dame where everyone seems to, first of all, have everything together and have everything figured out. But I'm not gonna lie, even the most, the people that I think have everything figured out have changed their major like once or twice mm -hmm. and have changed their friends and, and have issues going to bed early and like waking up in the morning. And you know what I mean? It's not, life is not, perfect for anyone so I think just being compassionate with yourself and, and giving yourself the grace to to grow at your own pace is very important here yeah so when you apply to be editor-in-chief you have to lay out a pretty big plan what was it 15 pages I think was that it? yeah 15 pages of all your ideas and improvements you want to make to the paper what are some of yours you're most excited about? Oh God. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, generally the, like the applica application, it's just like 
write down your goals for the paper period. And that can be ideas, you know, improvements or just, you know, things you want to keep doing. Right. Um, I honestly didn't think I had that much to say. And then I sat down. Um, I think my biggest concern question, I don't know if that's the right word, but my biggest, even just my biggest goal right now is just to um, make sure we can improve our trust across the board. Like I, I want our peers or the people that we see every day, like our professors, our peers, staff, um, whether it be housing staff, like dorm staff or staff on the dining hall, whatever. Like I want everyone in this tri-campus community to feel like they can trust us because we're not, the observer is not an, an like a corporation with like special interests and it's not an anonymous amorphous blob that has an agenda. Right. You know, it's, it's student journalists like doing the very best they can while they're like juggling so many other things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, we might make make mistakes. Uh, we we do our very best to not make mistakes, but again, we're also human. Um, so just making sure people know, first of all, they can reach out to us. They can, you know, we're in conversation. Um, so, and that they can trust us to, you know, have, we're here to serve. We're here to, you know, serve the tri-campus community, especially the students in the tri-campus community. Um, we want to be a force for good not only here too but also in South Bend hopefully and hopefully that's easier as you know COVID um, makes you know connections easier as well um, because I, I guess with the with the pandemic and you know online classes and not being able to leave your room when there are certain restrictions in place it can feel like more of a bubble than it already is but I think that's like that's like my big goal now like just ensure that we can continue feeding that uh, and consolidating that trust um, between us and anyone who picks up the paper and reads it or anyone who logs into the um, like website or anyone who follows us and on social media accounts you know um, I, th I think that's that's very important um, yeah I think that's I would say that's the biggest thing I want to do I'm excited because I think now with hopefully COVID like tapering off a little bit um, and people being vaccinated and then coming back to a fall semester that is hopefully, you know, COVID free. Um, being able to focus on more bigger things and just surviving um, the day to day of COVID and trying to print this week and trying to figure out if we can print because there's these restrictions in place and we can have that many people in the office, whatever. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm excited for the possibilities of a year that is not limited by, by COVID. Um, which is not to say, I think current leadership of the Observer and the Observer under Maria, they had a very hard year. <laughs> it was a year that was unpredictable in many ways, but I think they did a fantastic job of you know, leading us through very unpredictable times that, you know, we, in a, like day to day, you know, it was great day to day leadership and um, nothing, nothing we managed to do in the coming years would be possible if they hadn't kept us afloat this year um, with their leadership. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a, such an awesome goal to have. And it is kind of 
an amorphous <laughs> goal in some ways, but I, I think that's, yeah, such a great mission for the observer and for you guys to kind of take on this year. So thanks so much for, for sharing that with us. Yeah. So last season, you liked finishing off our interviews by asking our guests if they had a dream commencement speaker. We You are not a senior. So I guess, I mean, you can answer that question if you want, but the equivalent would be, do you have a dream interview you'd want to do? Hmm. Oh, oh, that is really good. Hmm. Let me think. Dream interview. I'm doing mine right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Um, my dream interview. Is this a kind of situation where you can choose like, alive or dead like whoever you could like interview or it ha does it have to be like realistic like someone who's alive now all allowed dead <laughs> <laughs> um like the only person I can think right now I think is my grandpa I he he passed my on my dad's side he passed away when I was two three years old um and uh, so I come from a family of journalists, uh, newspaper men back home. And I don't know, I think I've gotten to share a lot of, well, to hear a lot of wisdom from my dad um, and see him in action. And that's fantastic. But I think a lot of times I also just want to talk to my grandpa about it. You know, um, I, I wish I could, I could hear what he has to say. I wish I could tell him where I am today. That's awesome. I'm sure that would be yeah, such a great, a great interview to be able to do. So thanks so much for, for sharing that with us. And yeah, yeah I think that's kind of all the time we have, but thank you so much for giving us this much of your time of your first week as editor in chief. We're so grateful. And I'm so glad that our, our listeners got to hear a <laughs> your story than just hearing you ask questions. So thank you so much, Avery. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. It was lovely. Um, I, it was really nice to sit down and reflect about my journey because I haven't had the chance to sit down for a long time this week. So thank you guys. <laughs>